Hi. One of the features here on Less the Book Coach is going to be a weekly podcast. Everybody has a story. I spent 17 years in radio asking questions, and until I started this series, I had no idea how much I missed it. The format of these podcasts is going to be a guest and me in a conversation, and you get to eavesdrop. I hope you enjoy listening as much as I enjoyed the conversation. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. With me is Ron Arnst. You may not recognize the name, but you'll recognize the voice when he says hello. Ron is the PA announcer of the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. Welcome, Ron. Hi, Les. Thanks for having me on. Now, you and I got got talking or got started about this with our our missing baseball. Um, it's it's the silent spring at at the at the stadium. No baseball. What does what does the PA announcer do to to make up for that lack of baseball at this time? You know, I'm put in mind less of uh, something that Honus Wagner once said. Uh, you, as a baseball fan particularly, will know Honus Wagner and recognize him as a famous third baseman, uh, all-star, uh, Hall of Famer with the Pittsburgh Pirates back in the 30s. And uh, a reporter asked Wagner that after the conclusion of one season. He said, Honus, what do you do in the offseason? Honus said, well, he said, I go home to the farm in Georgia. He said, and I sit at my kitchen table and I look out the window and wait for spring. And I kind of feel like I'm sitting by the window looking out, waiting for spring. And uh, it looks like it's going to be a long wait. In terms of other things, I guess I'm doing what every other baseball fan is doing. I'm watching what I can on TV. I like the old games. Uh, I must say I don't see how you get away with calling a game from 2016 a classic, but nonetheless, uh, I have seen some from the 70s and 80s and 60s, and, you know, those are always great to watch, so I do that, and uh, the rest of the time I uh, I read or, uh, you know, go for a walk or whatever, just, uh, I try not to get too invested, less in, in when baseball is coming back, because I think the situation is so fluid right now what with the necessity for borders to be open and when do we get fans in the stands and where do they play and all the rest of that stuff. Uh, I, I get the feeling that some progress is being made, but as to a specific date, you know, am I going to circle July 1st in red on my calendar and say baseball starts on Canada Day? Gee, that would be great. I, I'm, not, I'm not ready to make that commitment yet uh, because I just I have no appreciable level of confidence that that's going to happen. You and I talked about this a little earlier that uh, there is a possibility that Major League Baseball might resume with a, a shortened schedule and that, but there's not really a possibility for the for the minor leagues or, or independent baseball, is there? That has faded in the last in the last couple of weeks. The independent baseball leagues and minor league baseball, to the greatest extent, all rely on gate receipts. Uh, to help them get over and I mean it's not just the money from the season tickets and and uh, the tickets at the door it's the fact that people are in the building they're viewing the advertising they're reading the programs they're paying for parking they're buying the concessions uh, all that kind of stuff that goes towards keeping these teams running and 
when we're talking about a, a date like July 1st with, you know, as I said, a, a degree of trepidation because you don't know, and that's for opening with nobody in the stands. Uh, the uh, chief medical officer for the province of Manitoba, Dr. Brent Rusin, just to give you a reference point, said that there would be no consideration, not not uh, no action, no consideration of big events with a bunch of people. And he specifically mentioned concerts and sporting events. No consideration of that until September. Well, you're not going to start a minor league or an independent league baseball season in September. Now, admittedly, uh, Canada, Manitoba included, has, to my viewpoint, been a little more cautious than uh, our American friends in terms of uh, COVID-19 and uh, safety measures required. Uh, I think it's fair and reasonable to point out that Canada has been more successful in flattening the curve than they have in the U.S. as well. So I'm not suggesting that Caution is a bad thing in this case. In fact, I don't think it is. So if you take all that into uh, consideration and, and you uh, you sort of uh, lay the facts on the table, it doesn't look very bright, I must say. Now, how fast could things change? Ten days ago, Les, if you would have told me there was a chance there'd be Major League Baseball this year, I would have laughed at you. Now, as I said, I'm kind of feeling that there's been progress been made, and maybe there just might be. And that's just over 10 days. Now, it could make a sharp left turn and all go bad in the next 10 days, or it could get better. Or perhaps somewhere in between. Who knows? We're just we're in the uncomfortable position as baseball fans of just having to wait and see. And, you know, baseball fans generally, we don't wait very well. <laughs> Ron, the point of, of today is not to for you and me to discuss the odds of baseball returning this summer it's about telling baseball stories because that's like honus wagner sitting at the window that's what we do uh we tell baseball stories my my question and i i'm sure that there's other people in the stands at at the gold eyes game wonder how does a guy get to be the pa announcer for the gold eyes we know that players go through the minor leagues umpires go through umpiring school how the heck did ron arnst get to be the pa guy for the gold eyes well there were um, there were really i think three factors to be honest with you one was my background in radio so i already had some of that professional background behind me i wasn't new to the microphone uh, I knew a little bit about public speaking, had a degree of experience in that regard. So that's number one. Uh, and I'm speaking only of my case. I'm not making this sort of a template for anyone else. This was, you asked about me, I'll tell you about me. So it was my experience. Number two, it was my connections. Uh, I had run into John Hindle, who was the general manager of the uh, Winnipeg Gold Eyes for the first number of years. And I'd run into John through Manitoba Baseball Association events we had attended. So I knew John, he knew me. And the third one was right place, right time. Uh, you can call it dumb luck if you wish. I, I wouldn't object. Um, I'll tell you the story of, of how this all happened, if you'd like. Please do. Uh, I was, uh, when the Gold Eyes came to town that first year in 1994, and they opened their season... Uh, they were playing, as you may recall, at the old football stadium. Uh, had a, a corner of it uh, 
converted to baseball, so that's where they were. And um, the Gold Eyes thought, from a uh, marketing and PR perspective, it was a, it was a really good move that they would have local sports personalities do the public address announcing on a rotating basis. So that when Winnipeg fans came into the stadium to watch this new team, they heard a familiar voice. They'd hear Bob Irving. They'd hear the late, great Bob Pickett. Uh, various people like that, that they knew and, to a degree, I'm sure, trusted and enjoyed. So that was the case there. I was buying mini-packs, three-game mini-packs, nine-game mini-packs, and I was a fan. Uh, and I was going to pretty much every game and enjoying myself. Well, as I said, my relationship with John Hindle kicks in at this point because John saw me in the stands one day and came uh, down to my seat and sat down beside me and sat on the steps uh, in the aisleway. And we talked about the game and talked about the club, and he'd ask me, how do you think we're doing? And you see anything we can do better and those sorts of things. And that was great. I really, really enjoyed that, and I appreciated John's attention, and his seeking my counsel made me feel very good. Uh, so uh, this went on for uh, a number of games. And then summer came. And like most Manitobans and most Winnipeggers, when summer comes, people go on holidays. They go out to the cottage. They leave the province to visit friends and relatives. They leave the city for whatever reason. So all of a sudden, the, uh, if I can say, big-name sports uh, personalities in the city were not available because they wanted to have a vacation just like everybody else. Fair enough. So now John had to scramble for a PA announcer. And uh, he came uh, to my seat one day and sat down beside me and said, I recall when you were out in Brandon, I heard you do some of this public address stuff. I said, yeah, I did that. He said, what are you doing Thursday? I said, well, I got a ticket to the game, so I suspect I'm sitting right here. He said, no, you're not. He said, meet me at 6 o'clock upstairs in the press box. So uh, I went upstairs uh, to the press box uh, at the appointed time. Six o'clock, was introduced to Kevin Moore, the game day producer. Sat down in the chair, and I guess for 27, six, 27 years, uh, I haven't left the chair. It's interesting you should call it the chair. I, I think of the chair as, as the most powerful seat in the house. I have had the opportunity to sit in your chair announcing the Pan Am Games when they were in Winnipeg at, at what that time was the new stadium. And I thought it was the most powerful place uh, in, in the stadium because when I asked the people to stand for the national anthem, they did. And then I had the feeling of I could ask him to sit down or to stand up again and sit down. Do you ever get tempted by the power that you have at the microphone to have a little fun with the crowd? Oh, we have fun all the time. Uh, I, I definitely do. I, I don't. Uh, I wouldn't put them through the calisthenics like that, <laughs> mind you. But, <laughs> but um, uh, I have my laughs uh, every day up in that uh, press box, and and be it through. Uh, commentary over some of the in-between inning uh, entertainment and games that uh, happen, uh, you know, or just things that are happening in the stands that I might make a quick comment on, or, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, and they're very responsive. Gold Eyes fans have been uh, and continue to be tremendous and very reactive and very loud and uh, very much in support of the uh, of the home team. And it's, uh, it's what one of the things that makes that such a great place to be in the summer. Um, it's interesting you should see power in the chair 
to be honest, I never looked at it at power uh, as power. I see it, uh, and to this day, I take it as a responsibility. There are certain things that have to happen in a certain order at a certain time in that ball game, and I have to make them happen. It's on me. If I don't open that mic and do my bit, everybody turns around and looks upstairs and says, what's going on? Right? So I, I take that responsibility very seriously. Uh, and it's, uh, that, that's, to me, is the work part of the ball game. Uh, and it's, you know, it's certainly, for me, less than 50% of the experience. I, I go there and I have a lot of fun every night. Uh, but uh, there is the work part to it, and that's the responsibility of making sure that I do my part to make sure the show runs properly. Now, there's lots of other people there who also have very important roles and very responsible roles that mesh with mine and that play off of mine, and, and I play off of their efforts as well. So, you know, it's not a, I don't want to make this sound like it's a one-man gig because it's not. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I take the responsibility very seriously. Uh, and there is, you know, you you are sort of um, an integral part in directing how that show moves. And it's that attitude, it's that attitude why you have stayed in the chair, why the Gold Eyes has put, have put their faith in you for 27 years. I, I commend you, and I'm, I'm so happy that you explained that approach to... Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that here. All this time, I was thinking because I was the cheapest guy they could find. But yeah, well, we've mentioned Hindel being our friend, and <laughs> and and we're going to carry on. He and and that's all. We don't have to say anymore. We both understand what you mean. <laughs> when you when you look back on this career, what's a highlight? What's the first thing that comes to mind when somebody says, "What's what's been the highlight of these twenty seven years?" Wow. 2012 winning the championship. Uh, we had won it my first year in 1994, uh, and the first year of the Gold Eyes. And we came close. We lost several finals of various descriptions um, and never won it again. 19 years later, 2012, we won the championship. And uh, I will not forget that ever. Uh, I will not forget Chris Roberson, the single greatest player to ever put on a Gold Eyes jersey in my uh, years there. Uh, just And by greatest, I mean most talented. There are people over the longer term who are with the ball club who have done tremendous things for baseball in Winnipeg and for the Gold Eyes. And they deserve to be, you know, in places like up on the... Uh, uh, the wall of honor and, and that sort of thing. All those people who are there are very deserving people. There are lots of people who aren't there who are deserving as well. But uh, for me, 2012 and uh, and that championship run, uh, the Gold Eyes won, if you will recall, uh, three games in the semifinal and three games in the final uh, did not lose in playoffs. And uh, it was just fantastic. Remind us, did they win it at home? Did you get to make the call? No, they won it on the road. They had to go to Wichita to win. Uh. <laughs> and uh, and uh, they did. Uh, so uh, that was great. And then uh, I recall uh, going, uh, when the team got back, I recall uh, going over to the ballpark. A bunch of uh, the staff uh, were uh, meeting at the ballpark to celebrate. And, uh, and that was a great night. That was a great time as well. So when uh, when we look ahead... 
uh, for for you personally, what's left? You've uh, you've done a lot of uh, you've called a lot of games. You've done a lot of games, but is there something on your bucket list that you would like to do in baseball? Honestly, no. Uh, I have. I, I mean, let me hasten to say I want to keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, there are things I'd like to do a little more of. I'd like to get out and see a little more junior baseball uh, in uh, in Winnipeg. I haven't done nearly enough of that. Uh, but, you know, with the baseball schedule and the gold eyes, usually when I get three or four days off, I kind of try to stay away from the ballpark because it can get a little overwhelming sometimes. And, uh, you know, but, but in terms of uh, bucket list type of stuff, Nope, I've I've been to major league ballparks. I've been to spring training. Um, I've been everywhere I need to be. Uh, I'm not all that excited to go to a World Series game in person. You know, uh, if I could, fine. I wouldn't turn it down. But uh, it's not something that I'm striving for. I'm I'm quite happy. Uh, you know, uh, I'd like to see the Gold Eyes win a couple more championships before I'm all done. But you know, that'll be decided on the field, not decided by me. Any uh, any word? Uh, you're, you're involved with the team, certainly not on the field, but uh, any word of what's happening with the team? Are players looking to, uh, are they looking to 21 already? I mean, uh, a lot of Golden players are, you know, do they play one more year? They're, they're in that decision-making part of it. Uh, what, what goes through the player's mind at this time when they know that they won't be playing in the American Association this year? Um, any idea what they're thinking? Les, I, I think honestly that if you polled the guys the Gold Eyes have signed, you would find a complete spectrum of opinions. Uh, and this is just my guess. I mean, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm probably not close enough to really answer this with any degree of uh, of accuracy. But if I had to guess at it, I would say that you have young players who uh, perhaps have just come out of college or just starting their career who are really anxious to play baseball this year somewhere and they kind of like it to be Winnipeg because I'm sure they've heard good things about the opportunities you have in Winnipeg and about what a great place it is to play and they're sitting on pins and needles like a lot of us baseball fans are right now saying come on somebody you know open up here so I can at least get an opportunity and uh then you have the guys in between. You have uh, people who have said, well, it's clear to me that we're not going to play baseball here. I should be looking for uh, someplace else to play. You have the guys who say, well, I'm going to hang in there because I really enjoyed my time in Winnipeg so far, and I'd like to come back and do it again, and I'll I'll hang in and see what's going on. Uh, you have uh, the guys who, as you said, are on the precipice of ending their careers. We're saying, oh, man, I really want to play this year, and I don't know if I'm going to play next year if they don't do it. Uh, you know, So I, I think you've got a range of emotions and opinions among that group, and I, I, you know, I don't think it's much different than baseball fans in terms of uh, their opinions on when we're going to start or if we're going to start or if we're not going to start. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. I'll give you uh, an example that I ran across the other day just uh, back to the issue of is there going to be baseball. The Expedition League is a league made up of teams that are staffed by uh, college players. Uh, and they have certain age rules and all that sort of thing. And the Brandon Whiskey Jacks, the Wheat City Whiskey Jacks, are a member of that league. 
Well, the Wheat City Whiskey Jacks are not going to operate in Brandon this year. We're going to operate in uh, North Dakota. Uh, and the reason is that the other uh, members of that league are convinced they're going to go ahead and play baseball, but they can't get players across the border to Brandon, so Brandon can't operate uh, for this year, and they'll be back in the following season. So there's an example of a league, an independent minor minor league, uh, that has decided they're going to play. Uh, and those are the actions that they're taking, and they're getting ready to go. Uh, you know, so, I mean, it, it is truly all over the map, and uh, there's, there's just no way of, of knowing or saying yes or no, there's going to be a season. I, yeah, I just, with confidence, I can't tell you one way or the other. Ron, we're like uh, Honus Wagner. We're looking out the window and waiting for spring to happen. Thanks so much for your time. Our guest today has been Ron Arns, PA announcer of the Winnipeg Gulldogs. That's today's podcast. Everybody has a story. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed asking the questions. And if you have any ideas for an interesting guest that you'd like to hear more on any topic, please send the idea along to lessthebookcoach at gmail.com. Thank you.